Yeah. Hi, Gemstones, and welcome to the episode of Blurg. Today we're talking about episode 14 of season three of 30 Rock, entitled The Fun Cooker. Boy, does it live up to its name. So what's going on? Well, Liz learns while attempting to escape jury duty that the crazy threshold is very different between Chicago and New York, which honestly expected given the general insanity of the 30 Rock people. Speaking of insanity, obviously Jenna's part of it, as she tries a new experimental drug to induce incessant consciousness prescribed by our fave Dr. Spichemin. Also, Tracy discovers that money buys immunity, and Jack attempts to workshop a new name for a pocket-sized microwave. Hitler comes up. Let's dive in. What is this, Horseville? Because I am surrounded by naysayers. We are lovers. Oh, that word bums me out. Unless it's between the words meat and pizza. Live every week like a shock week. Miss London, let me help you out. Ah, thanks, Kenneth. Oh, what are all these little plastic containers for? Are you pickling squirrel meat? Because I can lend you my skull presser. No, Kevin. I went to the new flagship compartment store on Fifth Avenue and got everything I need to get my life in order. There's a stacker thing to separate your junk mail from your humidifier catalogs, a thing you stick on your laptop that holds your keys, a round plastic deal that holds your shoes with a pocket for a photograph of what shoes are in there. I'm going to become wonderful. It's a new beginning, like a phoenix rising. <laughs> or... Maybe this is going to be the worst day ever. So my memory of this episode is it's the one that comes before the bubble and I can't wait to get it over with because then I get to watch the bubble, which is like my favorite episode of all time. <laughs> but it's a pretty funny episode. Yeah. I mean, constant theme. We go into these and these are like our lesser episodes and we start watching them and we're like, fuck, this show is so fucking funny, especially when Dr. Spichemin is there. I would also just like to say, I'm not a Dr. Spichemin stan. I just feel the need to I just feel the need to defend the inherent humor and some of the things he does with two naysayers. AKA the voice of the common man. He is <laughs> terrible. <laughs> and him plus Jenna. He's supposed to be. Well, amen. Bravo. <laughs> Great job. Yeah, no, this is a fun one. Would you ever buy a pocket-sized microwave? No. Why do you need a pocket-sized microwave? Was there even a plug? Is it cordless? It requires a lot of power. It's like powerful, right? I don't know. <laughs> this is a fictitious world, obviously. Kenneth is immortal. And you're saying that's not real? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just like I feel like it's more efficient to like kill yourself with than a toaster and a bathtub would be my thought. Toaster in a bathtub is like I've never really had suicidal ideation, but it would never be toaster in a bathtub. Yeah, never. <laughs> or jumping off anything really tall and like falling. Think how long that would be. Oh, setting yourself on fire. Also, no. I'm gonna go with accidental overdose. If you're seeking help, please stop listening to this podcast and seek help for suicide ideation. These are all bad ideas. <laughs> Yeah, there's still ideas. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Just when you said that, I was like, I would never do that. It's like, well, I would never kill myself. But if I did, okay. Time I feel like that's the danger. Shoot me like Shireen. 
Okay. Anyway, so the National Suicide Hotline, if you're in America, is 800-273-8255. Moving on. <laughs> well, even more horrible than that. Have you ever tried to like put all your stuff in containers? Because that's really exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> and I do like the idea that you don't need more containers. You just need to get rid of more crap. <laughs> Have you ever tried to Maria Kondo your life? No. <laughs> like, do all of one like, thing. No. Like, do no. all your clothes. Not just stop. Your- I'm getting hives. But then you're supposed to say just very stressed. Enjoy. And if it doesn't, I mean, what you're supposed to do. Okay. I know what you're supposed to do. I know that I'm not supposed to have all these I things. I did not mean to trigger you in any way. I you feel pain. Condo. <laughs> Let's dive into this episode. I find I don't have a problem. It's just like, we're, as we unearth the mental boxes inside my head with my therapist, once soon we will get to the physical boxes that are clouding my space. In time. Don't worry about well, it. Don't worry about it. Then you've got more space you can expand into. <laughs> the way you live, like your car and your house, is an outward manifestation of how you feel inside. It's so correct. It's I'm a mess. Crazy reading here, right? Nobody's allowed in, just like my apartment. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> it's even clean. Oh my god! I had Emma came over, and I was—I didn't even know how to do this. I was like, "What do we do now?" I'm like, "Are you still here? Are you staying? Are you leaving? Do you want food? What's I don't know." <laughs> Like, Usually like when I get to someone's house, social experience. <laughs> I'm like, how quickly can I leave? What's next? Because we didn't have like a set agenda. Yeah. Like, oh my god, have you never hung out before? <laughs> anyway, can we talk about this episode already? God, it's just Ozzy, my god. <laughs> so Kenneth runs into Liz on the street, and he's like, "Oh, Miss Lemon, let me help you out." She's got what so are, many boxes. So many boxes. Are you picking squirrel meat? Oceans. Is that gonna let you my sculpture, sir? <laughs> no honestly it is just reminding me because the olympics are on they have those exact same containers for all their chalk and so you've got these like high class athletes just carrying boxes what are the low class athletes they're not there they're not <laughs> it's the olympics <laughs> i've just never heard anyone referred to as high low class athletes those high level class athletes over there whatever aka curlers um, <laughs> Just think of curlers as like when they're at home practicing, they have like a cigarette in one hand and a beer and they're like sweeping. And- <laughs> yeah, just well, it's because you do, you do have an image of like what an athlete looks like. And there's differences. Like obviously if you're a power lifter, your body looks different than if you're a sprinter. But the curlers just look like random people. Like <laughs> one average. of them do a really nice lunge. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> talks to Kenneth and she's super excited about all these things. There, uh, she went to the flagship compartment store on Fifth Avenue. There is a real container store on Sixth Avenue in New York, in New York City. She had everything she needed to put her life in order. There's a stacker thing to separate your junk meal from your humidifier catalogs, a thing you stick your laptop on that holds your keys, a round plastic deal that holds your shoes with a pocket for a photograph of what shoes are in there. <laughs> I'm going to become wonderful. It's a new beginning. Like a phoenix rise. Um, and then she falls. So I am very Liz Lemon in this situation where I just constantly buy things and I'm like, this will make my life better. You also have to do the things. So I'll be like, I'm going to buy gym equipment. I'm going to buy resistance bands. I'm going to buy these apps that tell me how to work out. You still have to work out. I'm going to buy these organizational things. You still have to organize. Which it's of your so pandemic rough. comfort things that you bought are you still using? Are you still using your diffuser? My Paxil. <laughs> you bought a hammock? So the hammock I've used perhaps thrice. 
Um, the infuser, I had an allergic reaction to because I poured too much of the essential oils in there. Um, did it go to anaphylactic shock, but did have difficulty breathing, and I had to give, take like a silkwood shower to get over that one. So my dad mercifully threw that one out. So that's helpful. Um, so yeah, no, I've had many little things where it's like, this is going to change my life. I'm going to spend oh, $100. Your electric stimulator, the stim. Yeah, I used that twice. <laughs> Shocked myself. I feel like you spent a ton of money in a very short amount of time that was on more than the three things we've listed. I did. Well, I bought a whole new bedding for the bed because my I live with my parents. Um, everyone loves it. Now, my parents are amazing. I just am not. So you I, are amazing. I mean, to live with? No. Um, <laughs> so I moved up to the third floor while they were doing redoing like the bathrooms in the second floor because that's where my um, room is. And so I had an old mattress up there that I bought new bedding for and all these other things. And then during the great purge of our house to prepare for a party, the mattress that I had bought all this stuff for was deemed trash and then thrown away. So things like that. It's fine. I did buy like one of those uh, pillows that puts your legs up instead of just like putting your legs up. <laughs> so I still use that. <laughs> it's like well, $150. Good. I know. And I really want to buy those compression, leg compression, blow up things that look awesome. Blow up things? Yeah. They have like air in them. They compress your legs with air. Wow. I know, but that feels good. <laughs> <laughs> I want it. So she gets knocked out and then she realizes, oh, maybe this is just going to be the worst day ever. But it then they're mean to Lutz right off the bat. Once again, he didn't even do anything. So Liz is in a fucking mood because all of her dreams are dead. I will say, it's such a low low when you're at the high of, I'm going to rise like a phoenix. You get knocked to the street in New York. So she's like, okay, morning, meeting, morning. Everyone shut up. Shut up, Lutz. He wasn't talking. He was just living his best life, you know? She's like, already today I've lost faith, faith in decor organizing. Shift a tooth. <laughs> And lost a shoving match to what I thought was a female bike messenger. So I'm asking all of you for the next 12 to 14 hours just to be cool. Let's have a normal day. In walks yeah. Nick, a.k.a. Frank. No pants on. <laughs> you switched that up, and that was hurtful. <laughs> I meant what I said. That's hurtful. Anyway, so Frank walks out uh, pantsless because it's too warm in his office. And honestly, I would take the pants off. I would take my shirt off. I'm pretty sure have. we have podcasted with you in underwear. I was in an attic. An attic. With underwear on. Yeah, I was. I did, but you could only see my topless. I knew it. <laughs> I know when you're wearing a robe and your nipple has slipped out. I know when you're wearing underwear and no pants. I know. Anyway, Liz is... Asking Sari to get her a dentist appointment because she chipped her tooth. One of the many things that have gone wrong. Instead, she finds out she's jury duty because Sari, in an attempt to be more proactive, registered her in New York. Previously, it was Illinois, Chicago. And Liz is like, no, I asked you to buy more proactive. So the reason that my credit score was so low, um, initially, there are many other reasons that it was low, was because I had a delinquent payment on Proactive that I bought when I was 18 on what I thought was just like a gift card and they couldn't find you if just like the money ran out, it was chill. They still have your address and they'll bill you. Who knew that was a thing that happened? <laughs> anyway, so I had 
for seven years. I had that on my fucking uh, thing. So Jonathan enters. He's like, Liz, Mr. Donahue, you have to see you immediately about what Jen and Tracy did during St. Patrick's Day Parade. And She's so like, hopefully she says. Was it something good? No. So we're in there and there's a crotchety old man with a sash. So good for him. I'm assuming he won a drag king competition. I'm not entirely sure. I wasn't listening. Neither was Jenna when she uh, did what she did. I guess we'll go into that in a second. Anyway, Tracy and Jenna were forced to uh, host the St. Patrick's Day parade on NBC's live coverage of it. They're asked to just read the cue cards, promote the show. And now Jack's asking them to explain to Mr. O'Cannon. And boy, he's a cannon that's about to blow. How it went so very wrong. Jenna, being the center of the universe, says, Sir, I'm How sure you know from her? reading <laughs> my blog, classic Liz Lemon eye roll, ooh, boy. I'm currently shooting a feature film inspired by, but for legal reasons, not based on Janice Joplin. Synonyms, just another word for the word you want to use. <laughs> we can't sing the original songs, but it's going to be phenomenal. But you know, between filming the movie at night and working here during the day, I'm so exhausted. That's no excuse, you banshee. You and this, I won't even say that, have slarnied up a real Donnybrook. Honestly, Irish colloquialism are charming when they're not racist and misogynistic. So they're commentating. We flash back to Jenna just keeling over, which is just disrespectful to the county cork steppers. And Tracy <laughs> reacting appropriately and saying, wake up, motherfucker. The fucker's cut off. I will give Jenna full credit, though, for fully embracing that fall like obviously she's falling onto a you know mattress or whatever but she doesn't look at it she pretends to totally pass out that was impressive okay. I, well i think i think part of the problem is that you're conflating jane krakowski with jenna they're not <laughs> the same well jane krakowski the actress made the choice to not even look she's just like passed out stone face forward yeah she's amazing no no you're a disgrace Passing out and cursing on St. Patrick's Day is nothing sacred. First of all, Jack said that. So did he get an Irish broke? (laughs) (laughs) And Tracy feels like he should be rewarded for going this long without swearing on TV. This is where things get messy. So thinking he's doling out a major punishment, says the FCC feels that you need to, you know, we're going to make an example of you and fine him personally $50,000, which Tracy... The nice comic mislead here. It's like, 50 grand? Can anyone cut this watch in half? So Liz is like, I told you, Jenny, you're spreading yourself too thin. I only heard the thin part, Liz. So me. So you. So us. We're them. Lemon is right, Jenna. Obviously, you can't do both TGS and Janie Jimplin. That's that's Jack, too. Why does he have so many voices today? (laughs) Enjoy the voices. I choose the movie. My face is bigger on movies. That's fun. I do like that. Um, is it weird? Does this, and it's not just because of all the accents. Did like the actual show feel tonally weird? It felt like, I don't know, very airy and different. It was co-written by one Donald Glover, though, which is pretty exciting. Well, it's exciting, yeah. I'm not trashing Donald Glover, and I feel like I was set up for that. <laughs> anyway, they figure out a plot. To just use Jenna less in the show and scale back on the movie. They're going to cut the lesbian scene. But Jenna thinks the Oscars love that kind of shit. She's like, there's two guys in my gym named Oscar. No, she said it much more funny. She's like, there's two guys in my gym named Oscar. 
See? Hilarious. <laughs> anyway, this does remind me of, so Sama Hayek is one of the many actresses who were involved in Harvey Weinstein's Reign of Terror. And in Frida, he shoehorned in a lesbian scene and under the guise that the Oscars love this and it's important for Oscar babe. So I don't know. I don't think this is referenced on it. There is a lot of like graphic like love scenes in historical dramas just out of nowhere. It's like, I don't think those, there's an actually very funny SNL sketch with Carrie Mulligan when she hosted and it's based on Ammonite where it's just like, there's a lot of very mournful, loving touches. And then a sex scene that reminds you that this was written by a man. And Kate McKinnon's like, that wasn't even invented yet as they're presumably doing something like ridiculous. So it reminded me of that whole situation. I just had to say it and it did. Me too. Same. All right. You know what? I'm going to get a glue stick, just like Jenna did. I'm going to apply it to your lips, and then you won't be able to speak. Yeah, so they decide she's going to send her, they're going to send her to Dr. Spichemin. Shut up. And Jack's like, let's have a, let me, let's try to have a calm week downstairs. Okay, I don't need any instructions. Microwaves is announcing a very big project, or should I say very little? <gasps> this is so fucking enthused. It's the pocket microwave, and it has a ham button. Her idea! Okay, I know that I'm Jewish, but how much time do you spend microwaving ham? <laughs> ham. If you're Angie, a lot. I'm just saying, ham. Like, you microwave pizza, you microwave leftovers. Ham. I not her ready <laughs> microwaving ham. I'm just I'm asking the non-Jews, I'm asking the Gentiles, is ham something that you do on a regular basis in the microwave? I don't like ham. Yeah, ham isn't something I eat on a regular basis. I can't get any answers. For the listeners at home, I'm doing I'm gonna say, statistically speaking, no one microwaves ham. Which is why it's funny. Julie, let me explain something about being funny to you. So sometimes an outlandish answer is sometimes the more comical this is not one of them now we're off the <laughs> office and this okay i'm gonna give him credit the writer's credit for saying you know I, I don't know what else to do for people who are stressed out for being overstimulated for doing simultaneously doing a movie and a tv show at the same time and then hands are a pamphlet that says exactly that it has frankie muniz on it and he's like between my medical practice and this job i'm holding in every direction so what is this job I don't know. Is Frankie Munez okay? Is it like he yeah. had an injury or something? Yeah, I mean, he can't remember a lot. Oh, that's right. He has like short-term memory loss or? Long-term. So are you? Short-term, 12. What's happening? So he's saying that the researchers are telling you're going to have to give something up, but they're wrong. You can burn the candle at both ends. And my lab's working on a field of sleep research, mostly because I checked the wrong box on a form once. But here's what happens when you burn a candle at both ends. It turns into a Roman candle, explodes, immolating your entire life and everyone else around you. All right? The best thing is to burn a candle at no ends. <laughs> Sleep. Sleep. Jenna, Jenna doesn't care. Sleep, Jenna! Roman candles. She just wants to know if it works. And he's like, it keeps my rats up for days. She's like, where do I sign up? He's like, oh, we don't want a paper trail. Let me tell you on the good <laughs> way. They would make them sign a contract. Well, I don't feel like I need to explain to you again that this is not. <laughs> you then hands her a large bottle of pills and says, take 25 of these a day for the rest of your life. That was funny. All right. Okay. <laughs>
9 a.m. Monday, right, Liz? I'll be there with pants on. <laughs> You're the best. Hi, girlfriend. Let's go out this weekend and talk about you. All I did was ask for a diet slice of some pita chips. Nice try, Liz. Now it's my turn. Well, they're all terrified of you. That'll get you a week of good behavior. My containers. My new beginning. Lemon, we've both had a rough week. You went firebug, and I'm sitting on four million mini microwaves that legal won't let out of the warehouse. I suggest we both go to our respective homes, open a bottle of wine, and heat up some ham in the shower. It works in the shower? You know what? This really is the best day ever. Here comes the fun cooker. Liz is going to get out of jury duty. She's got it all planned out, just like Chicago. She's got a Princess Leia outfit, some Playgirl magazines from the early 1980s. They'll immediately dismiss her as a weirdo, and then she's gone. Kenneth immediately asks, like the one person in class who's like, are you going to collect the homework? Shut the fuck up, Becky, because some of us are going through a lot right now and haven't had time to do it. Um, and Pete's spending spring break with the kids. No Pete this episode on Forge, so no one's in charge. If no one's in charge... Who will yell at me for goofing up the lunch order? Frank says, we all will, Kenneth. Aw, sweet. Says, you guys are my best friends. And then he tries to hug him and he wasn't <laughs> so fast that he gets like a ghost hug. <laughs> Talking about ghosts a lot today. Ghost audience at the Tokyo Olympics. Ghost hug. <laughs> so Tracy's running after Liz. He's like, there you are, Liz Lemon. You want to buy half a watch? I need to pay my cash, my fine in cash. I guess the FCC stands for Federal Bunch of Sticklers. <laughs> you two are way too nice. <laughs> like the turn, you know. Liz's like, like the not even trying to make it work. Not even close. Liz's like, well, I hope you've learned a lesson from this. He's like, I sure have. I learned that if you pay some money afterwards, you could say whatever you want on TV. And how true is that? So he could even say whatever Ernest Borgnine was between. She's like, no. Turns out Ernest Borgnine made a very off-color joke at some point on TV. I'll bet. I meant to say bet. I've been saying bitch and bet far too much. Because, um, yeah, I was curious about that. Thank you. She's like, uh, Tracy, that's not the lesson. It's always the lesson. So, Jenna comes. Go she is just doing live first and is going to yes. get raunchy. Which, honestly, like now, I would totally believe. She's friends with Snoop Dogg. She's, she's the one who went to jail. She's the one who's doing all this shit. She's sexted. She She's did. Martha. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she did. We found out on Ellen. On Ellen? <laughs> no, it's Ellen. <laughs> I don't know the reference. Explain. Kate McKinnon's always like, hi. I'm Ellen. You know who I am? I'm Ellen. She's always doing that when she comes over and stuff. Really. <laughs> She's just always doing that, you guys. <laughs> so Jenna is now tweaking. Overacting. She would not be out of place in a RuPaul's Drag Race acting challenge. And she's like, great news, Liz. I'm in the clinical trial for a military-grade anti-sleeping pill. Can't believe how much energy I have. Woo! High kick, high kick. That's me after I take one <laughs> sniff of coffee. Just I smell it. I just smell it. So she's... She's giggling like a maniac. 
Did you get she that? She said, I just have to go and get out of jury duty, and we can talk about all this when I get back, okay? Or Liz. No pants again. Frank. He's like, oh, hey, I thought you left. So I've definitely been this person. Have you ever been this person, Julie, where it's just like you are just trying to get your fucking life together and the rest of your team is just problem, problem, problem. My whole life is half too. Yeah. <laughs> Jenna is still tweaking. She's like, I'm not asking you this as a boss that you love to undermine, but as a friend whose birthday you love to forget. Oops. <laughs> just be normal for like two hours, please. I will be right back. And I don't really think it's fair for me to be in a jury because I'm a hologram. So that does nothing to the judge who's like, you're on the jury. So now we'll see this repeated. It says it exactly like that. Now this Charles, what now? That's a great line. It is. Charles, nice. what now? I feel like we need to make that happen. I feel like we need Frank Katz to say, Charles, what now? There we go. Um, buy our merch. We have a new store um, that doesn't exist. <laughs> but like just send us money my venmo it. i'm kidding um so we're setting up a theme throughout the episode where whatever this fucking rat does in the trial because we've moved very quick we're doing concurrent rat trials with human trials that seems great i think that's what all of the QAnon think is happening with the with the vax um so whatever the rat is doing is mirrored with jenna so right now the rat is unusually thirsty and jenna much like the little water thing in the rat's cage starts drinking an entire like I don't know, gallon? I liter, think the scientific name of that is a water bottle. <laughs> <laughs> what I said. The what thing in the thing? rat's cage. <laughs> it's like, it doesn't like a little water, is it? All right. I just wanted to paint a picture for the people listening. <laughs> so now Jack enters the writer's room where once again, no one's talking. He says, everyone shut up. Shut up, Lutz. <laughs> Fine. Anyway, so everyone doesn't know how to exist without Liz Lemon. So Jack, who is like, their bosses, 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 bosses up. They feel would be like a good subject to ask, can we get lunch from McDonald's? No, I need your creative input. Spent the better part of three years developing a portable miniature microwave oven. Most of the time has been spent on coming up with a hip, edgy name for the product. Something that will appeal to the marketing holy trinity. College students, morbidly obese, and homosexuals. <laughs> and as we discussed earlier in this episode, so true. How many things did I buy during this pandemic? Everything. I bought everything. Unfortunately, legal just informed me that the name we settled on for our bite-sized microwave, the bite nuker, is highly offensive to those who speak either French <laughs> or Dutch. A Franco-Dutchman would pronounce it as bitnuker. So bitnuker, <laughs> Franco-Dutch for dick fucker or alternately monster fucker. Interesting. Right? <laughs> I don't or, know, but then he says it and Sue says, oh, that's awful. And sorry, Miss LaRouche van der Hoot. <laughs> so he's they they need he needs help renaming it. And since it's not 30 Rock or since it's not TGS, let's not shoot for the middle. Like let's actually work really hard. Frank's hat says reverse pendulum on it. He stands up to talk. Jack sees him with no pants and he's like, uh, absolutely not with this. So we're back to Liz. She's talking to the bailiff. Excuse me, Imperial Guard. How long do these person trials typically last? <laughs> Like a couple weeks probably, and you can drop the voice. It's like, oh good. Well, this used to get me out of jury duty in Chicago all the time. It's like this ain't Chicago, honey. Look at these people. There's like two women dressed alike, a child with a mustache, a man with like Christmas tree lights on. This is like, oh my, I'm out of my league here. 
So the phone rings at Studio 6H and Kenneth answers. She's like, Kenneth, it's Leg. Liz, it's Leg. It's Leg. <laughs> Kenneth, it's me, Leg. <laughs> leg Lemon, where are you? The pig spore has hit the wind spinner. Mr. Jordan cussed at Martha Stewart, and now Miss Maroney drank all the water out of the toilets. And I keep starting this, <laughs> but nothing comes out. It's like, does anyone there even listen to me? Now I've got the rat inside the cage, like scratching, just like trying to get out. And then we see Jenna doing the same thing. This was fun. I do- no, I'm going to talk about this because it's fun and I like it. <laughs> so Liz Lemon is Jackie Jordan. No, no. Wait. Wait. Jenna is Jackie Jormjop or whatever. Janice. Janie Jimblin. And she's saying her lines, which are very much involved, like intimate acting with another person as she's clawing at the window. And is like, no, no, I don't think so, Stephen. This feels more natural. It's just you saying, like, give me your hand. That, this is what my character would do. All right? I believe. Sorry, Stephen. I know what I would do. <laughs> so then Liz gets back to 30 Rock. And Kenneth's all bummed because he has to take down his sign that says no beards or mustaches in the workplace. <laughs> I didn't know that was bad. So it very like, much does feel like Russia under Tsar Nicholas's reign when he banned beards. And I feel like they were still societally segregating menstruating women. Perhaps. That's just what I was thinking. Same. You know what, Julie? Sometimes it's just so exhausting being this talented and not being appreciated. <laughs> What, Jenna? <laughs> so the writer's room is dark, and she's like, what's going on? Jack comes in. She's like, where is everybody? He's like, they're all dead, Lemon. What? <laughs> they're all dead unless they come up with a name for my pocket microwave. They're up in my office right now where there are fewer foosballs. So Jack's belittled Liz, and is like, sure. how hard can it be to write the show? You do it. How hard can it be? Hey, I'm rapping Obama. Welcome to another episode of the Robot Bear Talk Show. Hey, I'm Josh doing an impression of De Niro as an auctioneer. Do I hear a thousand? Do I hear a thousand? Wow, that's really good. Jenna fills the time of the song. <laughs> Do you have somewhere to be? <laughs> I forgot Josh was still around. Oh, yeah. He's going to make t-shirts. He's in charge of that. <laughs> but Jack is like a pretty great recap because like all that we've actually seen of the episode is like Robot Bear Talk Show. We saw a diaper chicken got cut, but like I get it. Makes sense. And back when we used to call sketches to the show, we haven't heard that for a while, yeah. Yeah. So he's like, do you have any microwave names? The Small Wonder I thought was great. The Micromate, love it. The Porta Hottie, I don't, that's not a good one. So if you're not going to take this seriously, do your job. Write the show, and more importantly, deal with Tracy. Which is that like, guy, how the fuck are you supposed to deal with Tracy? He's got enough money to pay FCC fines for Jeff the next 200 years. 30 Rock. He doesn't have to do a goddamn thing. You just pay for it. So they're working on getting Tracy out of trouble. He doesn't care because he just wants to keep doing what he wants. And NBC is going to issue an apology. But your problem is the advertisers are pulling out with no ads, no TGS. And no TGS, Jack looks in his crystal ball. I see you self-publishing your novel and moving back in with your parents. <laughs> I like all the different no roles that Jack... <laughs> I love all the different roles that Jack envisions for Liz. Like, um, in a post-apocalyptic world, she was like, traveling bard, radiation, canary. <laughs> Forgot about that one. But we all know he truly loves Liz Lemon. Yeah, I mean, they're fun, and they cook fun together. They do. 
So Tracy, uh, Liz goes in to talk to Tracy. Now I scoured the internet to find out what the hell he really said when they bleep him out this whole time, but I couldn't find it. We need to get the person from Apollo Apollo that can read yes. this. Oh my God, why did you tell me he was going to throw up? I'm staring right at his mouth. <laughs> so anyway, Tracy just wants to do what Tracy wants to do. He's got all the money in the world. He doesn't care if the sponsors are pulling out. He'll become the sponsor. I don't want to hurt the crew. I love the crew. All we do is joke about our stupid boss, Liz Le- Oh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that wasn't the best line recitation. I feel like it could By me or by Tracy Jordan? By Tracy. You did amazing. Or Tracy Morgan. What I say? Or Julie Morgan. And both. Or Janice Jimplin. <laughs> so he decided to become an advertiser. Great idea, Liz Lemon. Which part of what he, I said are you talking about? He's like, the first two thirds. <laughs> he doesn't need to stop being himself if he is the advertiser. He has the money. He'll buy up all the ads, do whatever the fuck he wants. He picks up the phone and actually does. Most of the time he picks up the phone, it's not a phone. And he's like, you can't do that. Jack won't let you. And then he calls Kenneth. <laughs> it's like, Kenneth, I need you to set up a meeting with me and the folks from ad sales. And then realizes that Kenneth is not in charge. Cute. You do not charge anymore. Yeah. Now we're on to Jonathan, who I just love so much. And he's also on The Good Wife. <laughs> Sir Tracy Jordan from Tracy Co. Call to invite you to a lunch celebrating their new ad campaign. I love the thread between it. You know, usually it can be jarring sometimes to go from one story to the next. Threading. Threading. Wait, seriously, Jonathan, not now. All right, so, everyone back to the drawing board. Lego rejected all of our names. Even the ones we came up with, every one of the ones we came up with is offensive in some language, including English, Frank. So what is a hot Richard, Julie? It's when a man and a woman are spooning and the woman farts on the man's dick, making it feel warm and cozy. <laughs> oh, dear God. Couch and or waiting for ham to cook in my portable oven. <laughs> my wife gave me a hot Richard. <laughs> Jesus. So they decide to think outside of the box. Did you know that already? No, I didn't. I know okay. it at all. They decide to think out of the box by going inside of the bag, the Scrabble bag that is, pulling out some random tiles and seeing what so, happens. In Douglas Adams' radio show, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, Arthur Dent pulls Scrabble tiles out of a bag to come up with the ultimate question of life, the universe and everything, much as Jack pulls Scrabble tiles out of the bag to name his mini microwave. Interesting. What does he pull out of the bag, Nick? This is one of my favorite parts. Uh, he pulls out V and then A and then G, <laughs> starts over. Then he pulls out N, then I, pants <laughs> a twofer out. He says, I have an idea. Why don't I just pull them all at once? H I T L E R. Jonathan, could you get Lemon on the phone for me, please? So now, Mrs. Gawkey, fucking love this bitch. She's the Actress one on trial. Jackie Hoffman. Born in 1920, born in 1929, born on November 29th, 1960. And I, you guys recognize her at all? Yeah, I recognize her from the Justin Bieber lookalike that was in the other ones, which is coming back. She's in the other, that's her. She was on Difficult People and The Politician, an episode of The Good Wife. I mean, uh, she was also in Garden like, State. I recognize uh, her from Garden State. Does that movie hold up? I haven't seen it in a I very long time. I haven't seen it recently. That'd be a fun thing it. to explore. Yeah, because I mean, I watched it. I, I have issues with Zach Braff. Um, 
But the soundtrack was so good. I just wonder if it holds up. That's why. Let's put that on our list of things to do. I love it. So this is Liz is projecting that she is this woman in the future, right? That Jenna and Tracy are going to push her to the point where it's just better to burn the whole fucking thing down than have to deal with them anymore. The line resuscitation, recitation. When they bring her back to life on the stand, I mean, So the line recitation in this part is so good. She's so fucking funny. Yeah, I'm going to get fucking close to the screen right now because I have shit to say. What did she say, Harold? Well, I could never recite in the same way she could do it. I, you would have to resuscitate me because I would die. She works at a, uh, a mail center and all this shit goes down because it's during the holidays. Christmas is busy. There's a late Hanukkah. And then she works in a Kwanzaa neighborhood, which sounds like something Liz would say. It's still terrible. So everyone is fucking up and she supervises 12 employees, the same number as Liz, all who would be unemployable in any other field. And she just keeps talking about things that are exactly the same as what Liz is going through. We just say, on the good wife, we would have stopped her at this point. This testimony is irrelevant. (laughs) (laughs) So she speaks in very evocative language. And it's like, all of it had to burn. Would dance in the warm mouth of my fire. And a new, better, wonderful me would rise from the ashes like a phoenix. Behold the splendor of my new beginning. And then at some point... Liz's brain tricks her and she heals her saying, and don't even let me get started on Tracy and Jenna. Yeah. <laughs> Did you not actually say that? No, because she doesn't uh, know who Tracy and Jenna are. I mean, I thought, it was, I thought it was a thing where like she happened to also work with her. No? You could be right. I don't know. I don't think so, but. <laughs> <laughs> so she knew there's only possible through cleansing fire, which she does, we burns it all down. So back to the office, and there are still no good names for the pocket microwave. So the underlings, underlings. as he calls them, <laughs> Kenneth and um, Malik Patuli. What's his name? Jonathan. Jonathan. He's like, underlings, I want to hear ideas. And Jonathan's like, <gasps> clutching his pearls. He's like, oh, my God, I knew this day would come. I have so much to get inside of me. And then he's like, right, moving on. <laughs> combines action and romance. He's like, Kenneth, you go. So the Navy comes up with his fun cooker. Perfect. Titled the episode, amazing. Snappy, fresh, and capable of offending. Jonathan get legal on the phone. Kenneth, he says, I owe you one. Kenneth is like, one hug, you mean? No hugs were exchanged. Poor Kenneth. He's 0 for 2 on No hugs, hugs. I know. It's like, sir, they're reading Mr. Jordan's apology if you want to watch it. Nancy O'Dell from Access Hollywood fame. (laughs) Reads the apology. And then as soon as it's over, Tracy Jordan pops up going, I do not apologize, America. I didn't write that apology. I'm an advertiser, Tracy Jordan, and I approve this message. I'm an advertiser. I'm an advertiser. Is that 30 seconds yet? It doesn't matter. So we're back in the courtroom. Liz is finally finished. We're assuming she's been arraigned um, because they're walking. In The Good Wife, wouldn't they like walk her out from the courtroom? Would they go yeah. into Gen no. Pop? No, and nowhere near the jury members. Right? <laughs> Anyway, so uh, Mrs. Gulky says, "Were well, you rushing off to work? Not me. And I have a sandwich in my cell. Take a nap. This man opens doors for me. It's like the bailiff. I'm free. I'm freer <laughs> than you. <laughs> so Liz seems like very taken and like emotionally moved by this. And is it going to incite her to take crazy action? It's 30 rocks, so probably. Meanwhile, Dr. Spachaman is back, and Professor Bananas, the rat, is dead. 
So we know what that means for Jenna. He's like, he says to his assistant, look, I know we're fighting, but I need to borrow your car. <laughs> his assistant is like super fucking hot. So now Thank we're back you. at 30 Rock and the woman on the PA system says 30 seconds to air. How are you feeling this morning? Great. Alert. <laughs> hey, is your vision narrowing down to a pinpoint as if darkness is closing in on you? <laughs> I will just say the language in this episode, whoever wrote it. Donald the, Glover. Donald Glover. The richness, the texture. It's just his painting. Of, this is poetry. Just like this. Cast is set for Robot Bear talk show. <laughs> Crew take your places. So it survived without her. Jack assures her that the show's about to again. The sketch is adequate. And I've got the fun cooker, the name for my new pocket microwave. And everything's fine until Dr. Spichemin comes in. And as always, once he's there, nothing is fine. And finds the bears on stage and is like, which one of you is Jenna? Jenna like half-heartedly raises her hand. <laughs> and then he starts banging her fucking head onto the table. It's like, go to sleep. Sleep, Jenna. Don't fight me. Don't fight me. Sleep or die. <laughs> So to cover, they're running into the editing place where the blind girl isn't there editing anymore, which that feels helpful. And she's like, go to commercial, go to commercial. Tracy, will you cover her? And he says, check out my fun cooker. This is but. He moons the butt. audience. He's like, I feel like say fun cooker. So the commercial comes on and it's Tracy Jordan who has a message for America. <laughs> my wife's throwing away some of her old towels. Do you want them? <laughs> Turns out that was not 30 seconds, just nine. So he pulls out the fun cooker again. <gasps> Round up. They were just in Jack's office. Now they're all in Liz's office. Considerably smaller, considerably different vibes. Much angrier, much more frustrated. Liz looks scary. We're not okay. Well, we get some diet slice of pita chips up, chips up in here. So she shuts the door, finds some matches. She lights a match, which is obviously CGI. Puts it out, throws it behind her. Her Princess Leia costume, which I'm assuming is just rayon and oil, immediately ignites. <laughs> and the door... Time. That is Isn't that the dress that becomes her wedding dress? Yeah. I thought so. So what happened? But it was on fire. What? I feel like I'm going to need need to write Tina Fey about this. <laughs> Very fair. And I guess she could have multiple versions of the Leia costume. Don't make excuses for her, Emma. So everyone begins filing out of the office that was just set on fire by Liz Lemon. The firefighters escort them out individually, carrying Suri, naturally. And then they have all atoned. Frank says, oh, 9 a.m. Monday, right, Liz? I'll be there with pants on. Jenna says, you're the best. Hi, girlfriend. Let's go out this weekend and talk about you. And then Tracy, rule of thirds, comes out and says, all I did was ask for a diet slice and some pita chips. Well, they're all terrified of you. That'll get you a week of good behavior. The my containers, burned. my new beginning. <laughs> yeah, there's a reason that most cults and um, rehab centers are called new beginnings. It doesn't end well. <laughs> Jack's like, Lemon, we both had a rough week. You went firebug, and I'm sitting on four million mini microwaves that Lego won't let out of the warehouse. I suggest we both go to our respective homes, open a bottle of wine, and heat up some ham in the shower. It works in the shower? <laughs> you know what? This really is the best day ever. Tracy Jordan ends with, here comes the fun cooker. <laughs> this is a solid episode. I feel like structurally it was laid out really well. You can tell someone new and talented 
um, wrote it just with all the symmetry between it, you know, worst day, best day. There's a lot of vibes. I love it. You want to marry it and have its babies? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to take it behind the uh, middle school. Shall we go to the chat? Gonna take it behind the, the middle school, the middle school, the middle school. All right. All right let me know when you're ready. Yep. Ready. Send. I originally had 92 and I knew it was wrong, so I got rid of it. And then Emma says 89. She's never going to watch this again. Excuse Those me. Those are your rules. <laughs> These are the rules. And the score lands on a 94. Oh, yes. Win. I am foreseeing next week as my highest score ever. It has to be. You've been talking about the bubble. I since... know for weeks. It's my favorite. It's so funny. It's so true. And I get to watch the audio commentary, which I'm going to share with you guys as well, with John Ham Ham and Jack McBrayer. So, well, we're half almost at the end of season three. Do you guys have favorite episodes like I have the bubble that you're like looking forward to? No, I don't discriminate. Yeah, it's my episode best. Okay. Also <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to think forward like other what other ones we're looking forward to do you have any I like uh, Mamma Mia and Kidney Now that's at the end of uh, the season he Those needs a kidney no he doesn't need a hand he needs a kidney wow 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 I was the only one that wasn't drinking uh, Deal Breakers talk show that's super funny Anyone with Tafuan and Angie when that whole thing is going down. Correct. Oh, I do. Even though I'm not a huge fan of hers now, I like when Elizabeth Banks is on there. And once any episode with Lane Stritch coming up, any episode with um, James Marsden, maybe it is just the guest, <laughs> guest stars. Well, whoever you people are who are listening to this nonsense, we are grateful for you and Really glad to watch these episodes again and talk about them with Emma and have Nick be here. And <laughs> we do have an Instagram account, Blurg, if you want to listen to us talk about other things. We do the Takes Pod, Takes All Over the Place, which is also TakesPod.com. Takes Pod on Instagram. I hope that the fun cooker in your life is bringing you joy. <laughs> hey, Julie, do you want to see my not. fun cooker? No! <laughs> Goodbye. Blurg is a project of Team Takes, a.k.a. Nick Cotter, Julie Sunderland, and Emma Cotter. With the invaluable sound editing help from Phil Cotter and Frank. <laughs> the awesome toenails on the wood floor from Frank. <laughs> we love you, Frank.